Jude, there's only one chapter in Jude 1. But Jude, the book of Jude is probably one of the most powerful books with one chapter in it. And most of the books in the whole New Testament. Because he writes very straightforward. And he writes, again, like John writes. He writes, this is what it's going to take. This is what you need to do. And this is where you need to be. Paul wrote Jude or Jude wrote Jude? Jude wrote Jude. Okay. So here he goes. Okay. He starts off and he starts the letter right out. You think, oh, let's talk about greetings and let's talk about this and that. No, he starts the letter out like man struggling. He doesn't hold back anything. And he says, Beloved, verse 3, he says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write to you of common salvation, it was for me, for me to write to you and exhort you, encourage you, push you. That what? If you should earnestly, earnestly means to put forth effort. Uh-huh. It means to give diligence to, earnestly to contend. Contend means to um, strive or, or to argue uh, in a godly way, to, to stand up for, to earnestly contend. Some people say, well, you know, argument, argument, uh, contending, or argument scripture, no good, don't do that. You know, no. Look what Jude's saying. He's saying, I'm, I'm exhorting, I'm encouraging you to earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to you. Now he's going to explain to you what was the faith that was once delivered to you. Right here. What did he say for you to contend again? What did he say for you to stand up again? He's, saying, he's going to tell you right here that we're going to pay close attention to what he's saying and break it down. And this is what he says. Um, he says, for there are certain, verse 4, men crept in secretly or unaware. In other words, you don't really exactly know who they were. They thought because they look like Christians. They sound like Christians. They even say they're Christians. They say they're all good. They look at that outside thing. You know, but Jesus said, beware of false prophets. Why? Because they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are raving wolves. He said, by their fruit you shall know them. That a good tree cannot bring forth corrupt fruit. So if we see any corrupt fruit coming out, like a movement of that fruit, we know, hey, watch it. He's got the bad fruit. It can't be a good tree. Because he said he does not bring forth any corrupt fruit. A good tree. Okay, so he says here, these men were before ordained or, 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 or prepared to, to this condemnation. They're ungodly men. What does that mean? Ungodly means they don't live like God. Mm-hmm. They're ungodly. They don't live holy. They're ungodly. They're ungodly men. Let's see. Let me just give an illustration. The same person thinks they're Christian, but yet they say, hey, you know, I'm still, I've done a living and I fall. And after all, I just didn't fall the second time in life. You know, some church or scripture out there. That may be me. Probably the same thing that you're saying. But they say, I've got sin in my life. What does that tell me? Is that a godly man or an ungodly man? I think that would be an ungodly man because he's not living like God. God doesn't want to put him in sin. He says, these are ungodly men turning the grace of God into lasciviousness, or some translations say, into a license to sin. And denying the only Lord God and the Lord Jesus Christ. When you turn your back, on the Lord, and you commit sin, and you convert to sin, is what you're doing, is you're denying the Lord Jesus Christ who bought you. But again, Lord, and we can pick it up once again, he says, I'm going to do this, and I want to explain something to you that's very, very important. 
understand for the faith and not this kind of teaching. What kind of teaching is he talking about that's out there that men of an ungodly capacity to say, what kind of teaching are they bringing forth? I'm going to tell you the type of teaching. What can you know? The type of teaching is this that you can sin and glorify that the grace of God covers you. They use Ephesians 2 8 9 and not look at the rest of the chapter. They'll pull that out and say, You have the grace of God. I have, I, I, go, I go to pastors and sat down with them. They say, Listen, you're saying by grace. Be faithful. You don't have to. True scripture. But the grace of God says in Titus 2 11, the grace of God has appeared to all men, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly love. That's the grace of God. But they'll use it as an unmerited favor. That you just have this grace and there's nothing you do and you don't have to do anything and all these different things. And what they're doing is they, they're using it as a license to sin. That you can have the grace of God and it gives you a license. It doesn't matter if you sin or don't sin. They say you're going to heaven now. That is a lie from the pit of hell. The scripture says, I know he's there. Describe me what you just saying. The scripture says, but without holiness, no, no man shall see the Lord. The scripture says that he describes that I that he is the author of eternal salvation to all that obey him, not disobey him. <laughs> so he's saying, I want you to hear him say, then what a job we've got. Because this, this is being preached everywhere and believed by everywhere that I know. I don't know of a church myself that I go to a herd that preaches anything, anything different than this. They will tell you that you're saved. It doesn't matter if you sin. Or they'll tell you, well, just, just ask God to forgive you and keep going. That's, that's what that is, is they're repenting from their salvation. Bible God has told us to repent of salvation, not to be repented of. They're repenting of their salvation by going back and forth. I repent, believe, repent, believe. No, no. Do the, the Lord says repent. Don't repent of your salvation. It's over with. Go ahead, brother. Is it that these men creep in and uh, turn the grace of God into a license for immorality. And uh, in Romans chapter 1 kind of says the same thing. Obviously, it gives a list and it talks about how these people, uh, even though they, they they didn't like to retain God in their knowledge. So God's reaching out, reaching out. You'll see it like three, like three other times in, in this entire passage that they knew and then they rejected the knowledge of God. They knew God was, what the ways of God was, and then they rejected it. But at the end, like what Jude says, they talking about they turn, they twist the grace of God into something that it's not, that it's a, a license to, to continue in sin. In verse 32, the last verse of Romans 1 says, who knowing the judgments of God, so they know God's judgment, they know what's right and what's wrong, uh, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. So they know that spiritually, if you do these things, you will die. It's not acceptable to God. You won't inherit the kingdom of God. It says that, that, that which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in those that do them. So having pleasure in those that do them is just another way of saying or giving them a license to do it. They're having pleasure. It's okay. It's not a big deal. God doesn't see you actually sinning. He only sees Jesus' righteousness that's imputed to your account, which is just this imputed righteousness doctrine is a false teaching because he who does what is right is righteous as he is righteous. And anyone that has this hope purifies himself as he is pure. 
If righteousness is just accounted to credit into your account outside of you doing anything, why purify yourself? Why be an expectation? Why be living you know, in purity, spirit, soul, and body, like Paul says, and be blameless, you know, preserved that way, blameless until the coming of the Lord, if it's already imputed to your account. That's why imputed righteousness is false. And the grace of God, like what Don's saying, is what teaches you. And in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, it's so that you can live acceptably with reverence and godly fear. That's what the grace of God is there for. Thank you, brother. Oh, by the way, uh, hello, my brother. Uh, John is going to give it to you tonight. Uh, listen, let's finish a couple of verses in Jude. I'm going to go back to Second John to Second uh, Peter today. So he says after that, if we're looking for the use of grace and delight in sin, we can give a warning about those that do such things. The next series of verses, he says, verse five. Of whom the way of truth is spoken evil of. You know what? 
We're on YouTube, we're on, on, on the channel, and we get something evil all the time because we tell the truth. But they, they come over here with me on, on YouTube, and I'm like, how dare you tell anybody to be obedient to the word of God? How dare, dare you try to bring people back to the law by telling them they can't fornicate and commit adultery and make it the How dare you? The way of the truth is evil spoken of. And that's what they do. They'll spit on you, they'll persecute you, they'll do all these things. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm just sitting here listening. Talk loud. So, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, I'm listening, but this, okay, so I, I read earlier this week and I read several, several, several times the scripture where it says that few find it, but narrow is the road. Everybody wants to broaden it up. The Lord gave the earth over to Satan, correct or not? This is what he's allowed. That's what we're living in. He's allowed it. Few find it. We, we do our part and don't get weary in good doing and we preach the message, but so you know that very well. That's what I'm reading here. Sure. That the way of truth is evil spoken of. That's why right. right. it's wrong to tell people that they need to be obedient to the Lord. And that's what you have today. That you're wrong. That you need to tell people that they don't need to repent anymore. And that they can do those things because the grace of God is covered. So I, I believe that some of these pastors read the, read the Bible. Uh, I think that it becomes a, and I'll say this, comes a business that if they preach some stuff, nobody's going to come. And that's the problem. But you, you, you follow what I'm saying. Yeah. It's about, okay, am I serving man and trying to please man, or am I trying to please, or am I pleasing God? Because that's what it's about. If I preach this, then I'm reading that God's showing me, or maybe whatever. If I preach this, nobody's going to come and tithe because it's their business. And, and the motivation and the heart behind the whole thing is wrong. It ain't correct. You want a lot of people to come, sir. A lot of dogs, brother. <laughs> you know, um, that's, that can be a strong temptation to a person that's wanting to make a living off just preaching. Because if he starts preaching the real truth, then it makes you want to be better. You start preaching the truth. A lot of churches would like to fight you back. In fact, he was talking about living right in the He said, uh, he, he always said, um, he, he said, most churches invite you to live. <laughs> he said because afterwards they don't they don't invite you back because the way of truth is not popular. They want them they want you to make them feel good. They just want to hear about how much God loves them, forgive their sin, and how God's going to take them and they're going to be fine and they're going to be good and go on to the church. But it's just telling the truth. Yeah, people can get mad at you. Sent out a text message this week to some people that I know they didn't like it. <laughs> it wasn't me saying it. It wasn't me. It's scripture. Because I got some people in my life that are proclaiming Jesus and then F words come out of their mouth yeah. and a bunch of just mess. But it, uh, I sent this here and it says, Many uh, will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not done all these things, prophesying this now? And then the Lord fess unto them, Maybe they don't read it, maybe they do, but that's it right there. If you're walking in iniquity, 
and you think you're saved, and you're living with your girlfriend, and you get filth coming out your mouth, but you're saying, I serve Jesus, and you are wrong. That was, that was uh, Titus 119, I think. They profess that they know God, mm -hmm. but they deny it being abominable. Disobedient and unto every good work. Right. So, a lot of that is strong, strong topics. But here, let's go back to Second Peter, because then it would be uh, as the way of truth would be even spoken of. Verse 3, and through covetousness shall they with vain words or, or, or false words make merchandise of you, whose judgment down the long time lingereth not, and their damnation swerveth not. So that real flip side, they will look down on it. The thing is, uh, you know, in, in this world, uh, and some of them like that, generally, it's, um, they always feel like the mass is the majority is right. You know, and, and if you're the few, then you're right. you think you're right, everybody else is wrong. That's what you need to come to get. You know, and surely all these churches are not wrong, and you're right. You know, mm -hmm. is what you're saying. But you have to go back to the scripture. Was Noah right, and everybody else is wrong? I mean, I mean, right? Was Jesus right, and everybody else was wrong? You know, throughout time, it's this happened where the mass is. But we want to, a man wants to listen to what most people say yeah. and go the easier road. We've had people come here and they walk away and they say, well, you know what? I'm going back to my church I go to because it's a lot more comfortable there for me. Wow. If you look into me comfortable, then you're right. This is the gospel is not for me. The gospel is not for the faint hearted. It's for those that really want to listen to God. The Lord doesn't powder coat it. He, he says, you know, you got him to cast your pearls before the swine. <clears throat> Thank you. 
take the way of escape. And I guess what I'm saying here is that, that that's the stark contrast between one that's living godly and one that's not living godly is it is all about what you do and how in the midst of the trials, temptations, are you gonna take the way of escape? Because those are the ones that, you know, true salvation and eternal life are those but for those people, but the other people obviously are are, are the ungodly. Receive something in life and life that you've been taught to be in the Word. You've never seen the Word just the last day. And I use a lot of scriptures in your life to know your Word. Scripture says in Isaiah 29 that he makes his name speak of his own life, that walks in God the Word of God. And, and you know, people can add David. Say no, 
the whole generation were wrong. Thousands of people, I don't know how many it is, but it was many, many people, all the people living up to that time, all of them perished because they, the, the Bible says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. And Noah was a righteous man. He preached righteousness. What did they do? They spoke evil and remained true just like that. And they walked away. Here's why. Every day that he lived, how many of you like that? Yeah. Every day that you live and you look at what's going on around you, it vexes your righteous soul. Uh -huh. It hurts. Every day. He said he vexed his soul day after day, living and hearing and seeing what was going on around him. But the Lord knows, hallelujah, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. And he delivered just Lot, righteous man, he delivered Lot out of that time. In the same way the Lord would deliver us out. Because he said he will do that. Our deliverance is coming. It's right around the corner. Like men said, don't lose hope. Don't be weary and well-doing, for you shall reap if you faint not. Keep going. Keep going forward. Praise the Lord. Because the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. He didn't say the Lord knows how to deliver the sinner out of temptation. He said the godly man, the man living like God, he's going to take care of it. Like he said in 1 Corinthians 13, no temptation is taking you but such as is common to man. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but will provide a way of escape for you to bear. For the Lord knows how. And he goes Then he goes over and he talks about people that are even in your love feast. That means people that they look like they're Christians. They might be coming in. We've seen a lot of people come in here in our love feast. That's what we have. We have a love feast. And we, we put our hearts and our souls in it. We love them. And, and, but yet, the Bible says they're like clouds without love. You ever see a big cloud come up later and, and it's over you? I mean, it's going to pour it out in you. But it just kind of goes by and no rain comes down. It was a cloud without warning. It just looked like a big cloud. It looked like a big rainstorm. Some people just look like big Christians on the outside, darling, but they're empty on the inside. There's nothing there inside. They just look like they are. He said, that's what they are. They cloud without warning. Oh, the second, second John uh, chapter 2 says, uh, it goes on and it, and it talks about how, uh, uh, look at verse 13, it says, uh, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to write in Jacob, spots they are in blemishes. Sporting themselves with their own decisions while they feast with you. In other words, they're feasting like they're feasting in the Lord, like they're there with you in fellowship. Having eyes full of adultery. Some men can't walk around. Every time they look at a woman, they, they lust them. They can't they can't pass it up. They gotta look at each woman they see. And they cannot stop sinning. You know, why would he say they can't stop sinning if nobody can stop sinning? Why would they bring that? Well, of course, Peter, nobody can stop sinning. That's what everybody said. Nobody can stop sinning. Why would he say that? He said, but these guys can't. Why? Because they don't have the full Because they still got sin in their hearts. Full of adultery. But God looks the soul of the heart that exercises covenant. First John, verse 15. Which have forsaken 
the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bethuel, who loved the righteous, the righteous, the righteous. Ben, you said that a little while ago. Why, why are they doing that? Well, they, they've forsaken the right way and they've gone the way of Balaam. What was the way of Balaam? Balaam sold out the Lord for money. Ah. He sold it out. He, he went to Balaam and he told Balaam, he said, Balaam, if you'll take some naked women and put them and get them to go through Jerusalem and go, go, go to the, the Israelites, he says, the, the Israelites will fall for them. And once they sin with these women, then God will curse Israel and you'll get what you want. That's what Balaam did. And he said, said these are people the same way. And he said, listen, uh, I, I don't want to lose the people. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to build my own kingdom. I'm going to have my own church. I want to be my, like, like he said, said, I want to be that pastor. I want to be that preacher. I want to be the one up front. I want to be the main man. I want to have all these people coming. I want to be the live large and have, have the front ones I need. Because that's the temptation of the preacher, right? To be a, instead of building God's kingdom, what is he doing? He's building his own kingdom. It's his own kingdom because it's not built on truth. It's built on a lie. And he's deceiving themselves, like Paul said. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, it says, The last days they shall come, deceiving themselves and also those that hear them. Let me say. Go back to um, the book of uh, Jude. Tell, I'm going to show you the same thing. Book of Jude. Where is it going? Where is it going? Look what it says here. Jude, verse 10. But these speak evil of those things which they know not of the truth. But that, but what they know naturally as brute beasts in these things, they corrupt themselves. That's what they've done. They took place and they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. What was the way of Cain? Killed his brother. He murdered his brother. He hated his brother because his, he was jealous of him. Because hmm. his brother had the truth, and he had the lie, and he was mad at him because he had the truth. They wanted to kill him because he had the truth. And ran greedily at the error of Balaam. There it is again for reward. Balaam wanted to be rewarded. He wanted that, that man. Uh, Balaam said, man, I give you, I don't know how much of the king. He said, I'll, I'll give you all these riches if you, if you, curse, if you curse it, curse it, curse it. You figure out a way to curse it. And perish in the gainsaying of Korah. So what did they do? They wanted to put themselves in the throne and take Moses off. They wanted to say, why do you want to follow Moses? They need to follow up. They wanted to preeminent, like the third job, instead of doing instead of doing it God's way. These are spots in your feast of love, where they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, quiet pleasure, without orders. He says the same thing that Peter said, and cared about it with fruit, trees whose fruit withereth, without fruit. Good tree can't bring forth bad fruit. Twice dead. You don't want to be twice dead. I know will. <laughs> Plucked up by the roots. You know, you pluck a tree up by the roots, it ain't coming back. You leave it with a root, it might come back. You pluck it by the roots, there's no coming back. They go past that place. They sin willfully, and there's no more sacrifice for the sin. Great, Brother Well. Yeah, go along with like in verse 12, it says. They, uh, these are spots in your bodies while they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. So that's really what they're doing. They're only serving themselves. That's why Balaam is just the perfect example for these ministers because Balaam's trying to get money from, you know, Balaam. 
council to try to get the children of Israel. So Balaam uh, uses and baits the people by covetousness, by giving them what they would want in the sense of, like, outside of God. Obviously, they still have to make their own decision, but he's baiting them with, with, with their lustful desires. They're trying to entice them, and that's what these false teachers are doing. They're enticing the people by, by telling them what they want to hear and giving them, uh, you know, it's about your best life now, you know, and that's what they're doing. And the people are biting that hook, line, and sinker, but it's all really for the minister like Balaam to get that money, like what he was going to get from Balak. So both people get satisfied, and they're both ungodly. They're keeping up with themselves teachers, having itching ears according to their own desire. So, um, you know, they just, and, and that's why what you're saying here is, this is what they're going to get. They're, they, they look the part, they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power of a true Christian life. Yeah. The verse 13, they're raising waves of the sea, foaming out with their own sand, wandering stars in the reserve for blackness of darkness or hell. We're going to get further that when we get into the uh, rest of it, talk about Enoch. Uh, I want you to get a chance to look at uh, Enoch. Where did his name come from? What happened to Enoch? Uh, what kind of life did Enoch live? We're getting ready to talk about his next for next week. So we've been we've been getting into these things and just scripture, scripture by scripture, and we have seen a a, um, a pattern through throughout the Word of God, throughout the New Book, a pattern of showing that uh, of showing what kind of life we live, and this would be an application. to read a passage from Jeremiah chapter 7 that, that came to my mind if that was okay. Jeremiah chapter 7 starting at verse 8. <sighs> 
It says, Behold, you trust in lying words that cannot profit. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, and burn incense unto Baal, and walk after other gods whom you know not, and come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, we are delivered to do all these abominations. In this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, even I have seen it, says the Lord. But go, you now into my place, which was in Shiloh, where I said my name at the first, and see what I did to it for the wickedness of my people Israel. And now because you have done all these works, says the Lord, and I spake unto you rising up early and speaking, but you heard not. I called you, but you answered not. Therefore, this is what I will do, which is this to this house, which is called by my name, wherein you trust unto the place which I gave to you and to your fathers as I have done to Shiloh, and I will cast out you of my sight as I have cast out all your brethren, even the whole seed of Ephraim. Therefore, do not pray for this people, neither lift up a cry nor prayer for them, neither make intercession to me, for I will not hear you. See thou now what they do in the cities of Judah, in the streets of Jerusalem? The children gather wood, and the fathers kindle the fire, and the women knead their dough to make cakes to the queen of heaven, and to pour out drink offerings unto other gods, that they may provoke me to anger. Do they provoke me to anger? said the Lord. Do they not provoke themselves to confusion of their own faces? Therefore, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, my anger and my fury shall be poured out on this place, upon man, upon beast, upon the trees of the field, and upon the fruit of the ground. And it shall burn, and it shall not be quenched. That's how it is today. He first the kingdom of God and his righteousness has, and all these things 
shall be added unto you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Ah. Uh-huh. 
you, Lord. Out of your name, Lord. We give glory, Lord. We give you honor, Lord. Glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to your name, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your name, Father. Thank you for showing us mercy, God. Thank you for giving us grace, Lord. Thank you for showing us the way, Lord. Giving us God the way, God of righteousness, Lord. Showing us God the way to live, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your love, Lord. We didn't deserve it, Father, but you gave it, Lord. So thankful, Father. Praise your name, Lord.
getting ready to go to Passover. He's getting ready to, to be in that garden that he wept. And he's sweating as he was because he knew his hour had come. And he was sweating as it was blood as he was he brought out the cross. Yes. Heavy time that they could go to. And he knew that when he was with Thank you so much, Jesus. Hallelujah. We wholly give ourselves to the gospel of God. That's right, Lord. Undefiled. Set worthy in your sight, God. Living holy in your sight. We love you so, God. That's right. All the days of our life, God. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my brother. This service was powerful, huh? Oh, yes, sir. It was, it was, it was broadcast live on YouTube. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I 
Hey, thank you, bro. Yeah. Thank you, man. Hey, you bet. Nah, love you, man. Love you, too. Yes. Sometimes people are not ready to hear you preach to them. Sometimes they want to be loved. They want to know that somebody cares. Yeah. I'm, I'm not perfect and I'm not my own life, David, but I've been in church a lot. Yeah. And uh, I find that people, they love the Lord so much, but they give up people so easy. Yeah. You know, when something didn't go right, they said some of the people are offended, but they, they say, oh, they, they didn't receive it. But no, but they're still, they're still love them. We ought to love them too. Yeah, you I know, sometimes yeah. you gotta find God. What can I do to share love with them people to maybe that they might hear my heart, you know? Yeah, I took her I took her to dinner. Um I hung out with her. You know what I mean? I loved on her. And uh pretty much what had happened was you know curse words, you know, the Lord doesn't I didn't say that because of you. Yeah, I was just I saying, say yeah, I was just saying, like, you know, I'm saying in general, I yeah. to say it, not because of what yeah. yeah, no, no doubt, but I just I, wanted yeah, to explain I, I, it. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't take communion because I don't want to be on 